Daryl is very candid. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was the greatest answer of all time. Like, what do you want me to say? It's, it's unicorns and rainbows. No, it sucks, man. Hey everybody, Trey Wingo here. Welcome into another episode of Half Forgotten History. Look, there's no doubt about it. These are heady times for the Buffalo Bills and the Bills Mafia in Western New York. They haven't had it this good since they went to four straight Super Bowls in the early 90s. And one of the reasons that Buffalo team went to four straight Super Bowls was a bad man. The number one overall pick in the 1985 draft, Hall of Famer Bruce Smith. In this week's episode of Half Forgotten History, we talked to Bruce about how he became the Hall of Famer he was after a rough start to his career and what he sees in the current Bills that remind him of those glory days in Buffalo when they did go to four straight Super Bowls. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Bruce Smith. All right, so in full disclosure, as we sat down to start this interview, Bruce was eating some cashews and it reminded me of one of my favorite stories about him. And I don't know why, Bruce, you know, with everything you've done in your career, Hall of Fame and everything, that this stuck with me. When you first started, there were concerns about your weight, so you worked really hard to get your weight down. And there was a story in Sports Illustrated about how dedicated you were to only eating what you should eat. And you were on a plane, and they offered you a bag of almonds. And you took one almond, put it in your mouth just so you could taste it, and then you spit it out. Do you remember that story? Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that story. And you put it politely. No, I had some <laughs> problems with my weight. And uh, I, I seriously had to make some adjustments if I wanted to become the player I wanted to to be and ma maximize this opportunity. And uh, I took the steps necessary to do that. Uh, it's just funny because I, I have no idea why that stuck with me, but it did. So let's let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you were playing high school football in Virginia, in Norfolk, when did you think, hey, I might be able to be pretty good at this? I never thought I was going to be good at it. I think uh, – wow. Yeah, back when I was in high school, I, I had no idea that that this was the path that I was on. Um, my high school football and basketball coach knew, uh, Cal, uh, Coach Cal Davidson and Coach Zeke Avery. Uh, I think some of my teammates might have known, but I was just not full of confidence. Um, I had not prepared myself uh, in a way to, to give me a, a ton of confidence. Um, yeah, was I big? Uh, yeah, was I fast? Um, wasn't the strongest. Uh, we had one of those universal weight systems at, at Booker T. Yeah. Washington High School. And so we didn't have the most, we, we have, didn't have the tools that were necessary to produce uh, college uh, material athletes, both from a, a number of different standpoints, um, uh, athletically uh, and educationally, it was um, it was an inner city school that was underfunded. Um, yeah. So the 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 odds were stacked up against uh, all of us at that point in time. So, so when did that light bulb go off for you? Was it when you were at Virginia Tech? Because you ended up being the first overall pick in the 85 draft. It had to happen somewhere in that time frame. Yeah, it, it, it went off my sophomore year when I actually uh, got hurt and had to sit out. Um, I think it was about eight games of the season. And 
during that period of time, there were pro scouts that were coming down, taking a look at guys like uh, Cyrus Lawrence and um, um, and Brown uh, and, and a couple of other guys. And I happened to pop into one of the uh, uh, film sessions and I saw defensive linemen that were actually going up against the offensive line. And I said, I can do that. And, you know, being exposed uh, to pro scouts when I was a a sophomore uh, and being exposed to uh, guys that were playing at a high level at Virginia Tech, uh, uh, Roger Brown and um, uh, Cyrus Lawrence and, and, Ashley Lee and a couple of other guys, uh, it, it really made me understand the opportunity that I had in front of me. And then I had to put a plan in play uh, uh, to, again, maximize that opportunity. And, and Bill Dooley uh, told me yeah. while I was coming out of college, he said, Bruce, if you can play, they'll find you. And what he meant by that was if you can play, whether it's the NFL, the USFL, or, or any other uh, type of professional team, they'll find you, and uh, and you'll just have to make the best of it. Oh, they found you. In fact, they found you twice. For those that don't know, not only was Bruce the number one overall pick of the 1985 NFL draft, he was also the number one overall pick of the 1985 USFL draft, the Baltimore Stars, I believe. Was was the team that went after you? Yeah, I thought it was a Philadelphia. No, no, Phil, Phil, no, no, hold on, I I got that wrong. It was the Baltimore, whatever. Uh, It was the Philadelphia Stars, but I think, yeah, but but you, whatever you were. The point I'm stumbling over is you were the number one overall pick in two drafts at the same time. Was there ever a debate for you about where you were going to go? No, it 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 wasn't. Um, I was going to stay in school, and um, um, and wait for the opportunity to uh, take a shot at the NFL. Yeah. And I needed, I needed to mature. Sure. Um, uh, get some more education under my belt. And so uh, I think it worked out for the best. Confirmed. Uh, let's see. I, I will second that. Yes, it, it did work out well, but it is funny. Like we all see you now as, you know, hall of famer, first ballot, still has the record for most sacks in the history of the NFL. The only had to get 200, but as we sort of alluded to at the top, it didn't start out that way. Your oh. your rookie year was a rough patch in 1985 Ooh, in Buffalo. Rough patch. A gravel road, a road that hadn't been constructed yet. Yes, it, it certainly was. Um, um, I had a lot to learn. Um, I was I was so young. Um, didn't necessarily have the the, the right. Uh, people in play my first year to to help mentor me uh, to get me to a place where I could uh, thrive, thrive and go down that that, that path of, of success and um, that took place uh, when they hired Marv Levy. Yeah, uh, Marv Levy hired Ted Cottrell and brought on Rusty Jones. And all of a sudden, excuse me, all of a sudden, the pieces to the puzzle started to come into play for my career. Uh, Rusty Jones from a 
weightlifting, conditioning, and nutrition standpoint. Uh, Ted Cottrell, uh, who taught me how to study film and break down the opponent uh, and, and study formations and tendencies. And then there was Marv Levy. Uh, they don't come any better. Uh, Hall yeah. of Fame coach, uh, Hall of Fame person, Hall of Fame mentor, uh, and he treated us uh, with respect. Um, young man that, that needed to be uh, uh, nurtured, needed to be coached, and sometimes uh, given a hard talking to. And yeah. uh, so, so I, I am so grateful and thankful for Ralph Wilson, uh, who, who put those things into play, uh, as well as Bill Polian, uh, Hall of yeah. Fame uh, general manager for for um, uh, a number of different teams. Um, so I'm, I'm just grateful and thankful. And I can't uh, um, say another word and say that Buffalo was a place, the best place for me. Uh, with that blue collar fan base, uh, with their appreciation for uh, the work ethic and, and the things that we were trying to accomplish in Buffalo, uh, I, I just feel so grateful and thankful I had an opportunity to do it in Buffalo. I got to tell you, there are so many former Bills that I talk to that feel that way. I, like I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I, I recently did uh, something with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and obviously he's played everywhere. But I said, if you had to play one place, where would it be? And you, Buffalo without question. You know, he showed up at that Patriots win shirtless in the stands when they beat the New England Patriots. Takeo Spikes, who played a bunch of different places. I asked him. If you, he said, without, before I could finish the question, he said Buffalo. There are so many people that have either go, played majority in Buffalo like you or gone a million different places. The answer is always the same. If I could play anywhere, it would be in Buffalo. There, there is, you know, we could have a debate about this, but um, I, I got to tell you, it, it's easy to be a fan in 80 degree weather, easy yeah. to be a fan and in, in a controlled temperature in a dome stadium. Uh, it, it's easy to be a fan when, when you know, you're in a, a hot market. Yeah. This is a blue collar town, uh, hardworking blue collar people. Um, and they love their sports. And that's where my love uh, for this, uh, this particular city uh, and this team came from, uh, and once I got it, once it, it really sunk in and, and we made that connection and it, it was just, it, it was, it, it was a match made in heaven. I, I, I really, uh, even when I go back to Buffalo, um, they never forget the, the, the love that they show the minute I walk off of the plane uh, to the minute I get back on the plane, uh, it's it's just such a euphoric feeling that 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 just makes me feel so good inside. And 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 that's that's just that's Buffalo. That's yeah. That's, well, it, it it clearly must have clicked early for you because in your second year you had 15 sacks in 1986 and the lone touchdown of your career. We might add came, right. came in year two. 
You you mentioned you mentioned Marv though, and I gotta get your reaction to this story because I had Steve Tasker on uh, last season or a couple seasons ago talking about his journey, and he said, you know, after Marv got there, he stood up in front of the team and said, "Hey guys, we're gonna turn this around. We're gonna win. We're gonna make this special." And I've just traded for a player who's gonna do it for us. Steve Tasker, stand up. And Steve Tasker, you know the the little wide receiver who was a maven on special teams. Stands up and he's like, oh, my God, I'm staring at Andre Reed, Jim Kelly and Bruce Smith and Daryl Talley and Thurman Thomas. And I'm going to be the difference maker. He thought he was screwed when Marv said that. Do you remember that? I remember it. And boy, was he a difference maker. Greatest special teams, all around special teams player I have ever seen. And if he doesn't get his fair due and his just getting being voted into the Hall of Fame, then shame on these folks because he, hands down, nobody, nobody did it better than Steve Tasker. I don't care if it's blocking punts, blocking field goals or extra points, uh, returns, whether it's kickoffs or punt returns. Uh, He was the, the gunner. They had to game plan for this dynamic special teams player he was an impact player and he deserves to be in the hall no you're 100 percent right and uh, you know my feeling is if no matter what it is in the nfl if you're the best at it you should be represented in the museum of the history of football and i'm not talking see there's difference between special teamers and returners right and i think people need to understand that yes Correct. steve could return but yeah. he was the best at all the other things that you just mentioned and if you're the best of all time at it, you deserve a place in the museum dedicated to the history of the game. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and this, is, this is what really when we as Hall of Famers and, and, and guys that, whether it's the NFL 100 team or, or yeah. some other accomplishments that, that, uh, that talks about uh, how you play, it's about your body of work for a sustained period of time at a high level. That's what this is about. This is what separates you from, you know, four or five Pro Bowls. Your body of work, which you have sustained at the highest possible level. Now, that's a Hall of Famer. That's that, yeah. that, Nothing more needs to be said because your body of work speaks for itself. And, and yeah. that's what's so disappointing uh, about how he is not getting his just due. And I, I can go on with some, you know, some other guys like Leslie O'Neill, sure. who, has Absolutely. A, uh, who, who was one of the dominant pass rushers of our time. Um, 132 quarterback sacks. Uh, uh, I, I can look at uh, um, uh, Reuben Brown, eleven times oh, Reuben Brown, absolutely one of the Fred Taylor, great, Fred Taylor, the running back, Fred Taylor. Uh, yeah. So, so the list just goes on and on and on, and and I think that we got to take some of the, the horse trading and the politics out of this voting process and do the right thing. Uh, well, it's, it's like it's like the draft, okay? You can do a million different things, but watch the damn tape. That'll tell you everything yeah, you need it, to know. It speaks right? for itself. And and yeah. if if 
if your body of work uh, uh, that how have you changed the game? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How have you changed the position? Uh, does your body of work uh, extend to the point where as a coach, it, a coach, every time you play against him, we got to stop him. We got a game plan yeah. around him. And you have to do that for eight, nine, ten years. That That's to me. Uh, yeah, no, and, that's and to yeah. me, to many of my Hall of Fame uh, uh, brothers, feel the same way. So, uh, yeah. so we could go on and on and on about that. But uh, uh, those those three guys right there, and and then uh, Sterling Sharp. Sure. Um, you know, I know that guys are getting in with shorter careers, but there was not a better wide receiver in the league. It was he and Jerry Rice uh, yep, until absolutely. he got. Until he got hurt, uh, so yeah. you know. Just, just wanted to. Since we're on that subject, I, I was, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love it. I know, and, and people like that are going to need all the pub they can get to get in. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to do that, and, and we'll keep continuing to push that conversation. As for the Bills and and your sort of turnaround, when you got there, the Bills were terrible. Let's just be honest. You know, they were terrible. And, <laughs> yeah, but but you became. Yeah. arguably one of the most interesting dynasties in the history of the NFL. When did you, when you got Marv and you got Jim and Andre out of Kutztown and Thurman and hell, you had uh, uh, the backup running back out of SMU, whose name Kenneth Davis, TCU, Kenneth Davis was there, you know, when did you, and James Lofton, my God, when did you think we, we might be really good? In 88. Yeah. 88 was that, I believe that was the season we played against the Cincinnati Bengals. AFC Championship game. AFC Championship game. And at that point, uh, we we knew we were on to something special. Uh, we we had the nucleus uh, offense. Uh, we, we were just so potent on offense uh, defensively. Uh, we were uh, considered to be one of the best defenses in the league. But the one thing that that we were missing was another dominant pass rusher. Uh, but all the other pieces were there. Uh, Thurman Thomas, uh, we, we traded for Cornelius Bennett. Uh, we, had, we had Nate Odoms. Um, uh, so w- we had the pieces in play uh, to make a, a sustainable run. And, you know, the, the rest speaks for itself. Well, it was the most unusual and interesting run in the history of the NFL. Why don't we take our first break here with Hall of Famer Bruce Smith. And when we come back, we'll talk about that four-year run that is still yet to be duplicated by any other team in the NFL. Coming right back on I Forgot History. Time for a Mercedes-Benz trivia question now. Bruce Smith, all-time sack leader in NFL history, only got to get to 200, but how many seasons did Bruce have at least 10 quarterback sacks? We'll give you the answer after the break. You know, you open up a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter and you're opening more than doors. You're unlocking potential to do your own thing, be your own boss, and live out your own dreams. With 16 body types, your choice of a gas or diesel engine, and thousands of ways to customize, A Sprinter van is capable and versatile enough to help you drive your ambitions as far as you want to take them. So go ahead, unlock your potential 
inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. All right, back with Hall of Famer Bruce Smith on Half Forgotten History, and we've reached the pinnacle of the Buffalo experience. It is 1990, and we're getting ready for the run-up to Super Bowl 25, the first of the four straight appearances by the Buffalo Bills. I don't think people truly appreciated how loaded that team was. Go back to the AFC Championship game that year, which was hosted in Buffalo. You took down the Raiders 51-3. to 51-3! to heading into Super Bowl 25, your guys' confidence level had to be at an all-time high. Yeah, I I didn't see that coming. I don't, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Uh, having said that, when, when we got a West Coast or a down South team that came to Buffalo in January, we felt very good about our chances of winning. Yeah. Yeah, but but uh, uh, when they were when they were coming out of the tunnel, and you saw the, saw the guys all bundled up and and kind of shivering a little bit, uh, we felt that you know we were going to win the game. We just had no no idea that it was going to be a landslide. It was an absolute landslide. So then you roll into the Super Bowl in Tampa. Uh, uh, by the way, still the greatest uh, Star Spangled Banner rendition of all time. Uh, Houston. Still gives me chills. Still gives me chills when I hear it. Yeah. And, and you're playing the New York Giants, who are there with their backup quarterback. Phil Sims got hurt. Jeff Hostetler rode him into the playoffs. And one play in that game stands out to me, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You guys are up 10-3 to in the second quarter. You have them pinned deep. And Hostetler goes back in the end zone, and you are all over him. You come over with the chop, and it looks like in the end zone, not only are you going to get the sack, but you're going to get the fumble recovered for a safety and so, for a touchdown. And somehow Hostetler held on to this football. To this day, I do not know how Hostetler held on to that football. What were you thinking when you broke through in the end zone? That, that, that was a remarkable play by, by Jeff. Um, he actually felt – uh, the, the, the presence of me and, and the chop. And he had the presence of mind to take the ball out of his right hand and shift it into his left hand and, and kind of tuck it. Uh, and that's what allowed him uh, to be able to maintain possession of the ball. Uh, it, it was, excuse me, it was a heck of a play uh, by Jay. Yeah. Uh, to in that moment to, to be able to realize what was about to take place. And uh, we still got the safety and, and uh, but obviously we would have rather had the sack and the forced fumble. Uh, yeah. uh, and pot potentially the recovery would have been the trifecta, but uh, yeah, it, it was a great game and, and it all came down to a field goal and we ended up losing by one point. I'm telling you, like if 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 you go if you go up seventeen to three against that Giants team, a, that's a different ball game. I mean, to me that that changed the entire game. The fact that they got out of there only down twelve to three, yeah. uh, and you also stopped Otis Anderson, who would go on to be the uh, Super Bowl MVP that year, even though Thurman had a better game. But we won't get into that right now. Um, yes, you know they were. They, yes, oh, he was. If you guys won, he was the MVP in a landslide. Absolutely. It's not even close. Now, Otis Anderson played great. Don't get me wrong, he played great. Uh, and I want to get him on the podcast. But um, if, if, if you guys go up 17-3 to three on that Giants team, which was not a dynamic Giants offense, 
that's a Super Bowl win for the Buffalo Bills. Well, um, it, it, it changes our perspective as well as the uh, the defensive coordinator. All of a sudden, yeah. we're pass rushing uh, instead yeah. of uh, worrying about the potential run or play action. Correct. We're pinning our ears back and getting to the quarterback. Uh, so, uh, it, you know, it's just just so unfortunate, but uh, that's what makes this game so great. Yeah, you're right, because you can't expect any of those things. The other thing about that Super Bowl specifically, I remember, it was a third down catch by Mark Ingram, who, yes, the wide receiver for the Giants was the father of Mark Ingram, who's still in the NFL today and doing great things. I think he broke eight tackles. Yeah. Well, I think it was like a third and seven and he broke eight tackles to get the first down. It's still one of the most remarkable plays I've ever seen in Super Bowl history. Yeah, I, I you know, we, we reflect back on the games and, and we look at the pivotal moments that, that really was uh, uh, a defining factor or some of the defining factors. And uh, it's, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's in the annals of history now. But after a yeah. one-point loss, right, you guys had to feel like we're going to do this. We're going to get it done. Yeah, we we. Uh, uh, you mean in the next three? Yeah, one of the. I mean, again, for those that are unfamiliar, they went to four straight Super Bowls, and straight four straight, never been done before, never been done since. Not the Patriots, not the Steelers, not the, the Niners of the '80s, the Cowboys of the '90s. Ain't none of these teams ever gone to four straight Super Bowls. You had to think eventually it's our time. Yeah, well, I, I, we thought our best chances was the Giants. Um, we felt very good about going into that matchup. Um, Bill Belichick uh, and and the coaching staff had a great game plan. They, uh, they mixed up their defenses. They only rushed uh, – uh, two rushers at times and, and dropped nine into the backfield, uh, defensive backfield, uh, and dared us to to, to throw the ball. Um, we, we should have just kept pounding it and pounding it. Uh, but but nevertheless, uh, they had a great game plan, and they, they, they caught, uh, caught us by surprise and off guard a little bit. But uh, it, it was one of the best Super Bowls that has ever been played. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, I'm just just disappointed, and uh, it was unfortunate that we came up on the short end by one point. Yeah, and it just weird things tended to happen, right? The next year, Thurman can't find his helmet. 37-24, Super Bowl twenty-six, nine turnovers the next year against the Cowboys, fifty-two to seventeen. Kudos to Don Beebe if he doesn't make that play on Leon Let. That's the most points ever scored in the Super Bowl. Don Beebe was not about to let that happen. And then you're up thirteen to six the next year at the half, get shut out in the second half, and the Cowboys win back to back thirty to thirteen. Is there one of those four that hurts more than any of the others? Personal, yeah, a absolutely, yeah, the personal. Uh, you're not going to beat anybody if if it's a pro team playing against a high school team with nine turnovers. Right. We we uh, had a chance to reflect on on each one of those losses and and the one that uh, that we really feel uh, the most disappointed about is the first one against the Giants. Uh, the Cowboys are 
uh, somewhat of a different story. Um, at that time, they had the best offense, uh, offensive line yeah. in football. Um, uh, their defensive line was outstanding. Collectively, that was the best defensive line. In Bruce, I, I say this all the time, and nobody wants to believe me. Free agency yeah. killed arguably the deepest team in the history of the NFL with that with that Super Bowl twenty seven yeah. Cowboys because you had Charles Haley, Hall of Famer. You had yeah. uh, Tony Casillas, you had Russell Maryland, you had Leon Lett, you had Chad Hennings, you had Jimmy Jones, Tony Tolbert. I mean, they went eight deep on that defensive line, which is they hard to do loaded. in the NFL. They, they were loaded. And and let's not forget how all of that was made possible. Uh, it was made possible by that, that trade. Herschel Walker. The Herschel Walker trade. Um, and they were able to acquire all of these draft picks and they loaded up. I, I think as a result of that, they, they got Emmett. Yeah. Uh, Russell they, Maryland. Yeah, Russell Maryland and, and a few other players. So um, uh, it, it is what it is. But that, that team was loaded. Uh, they had the best offensive line and the best defensive line. I think all the other positions, we were uh, somewhat evenly matched. But when you can't win in the trenches, yeah, uh, it, it, it's a major problem. No, no question. And that that offensive line in Dallas is going to go down as one of the best ever in the history of the game. When you want people to look back collectively at that four year run of the Bills, I always say this. It's the most underappreciated thing that's ever happened in the history of the game. And I'm on record of saying that 100 times. What do you want people to know that didn't see you guys play and they just see, oh, these guys went to four straight Super Bowls and lost them all. What do you want to say to those people about what that team was? Well, I think you're, you're looking at the end result. Uh, you you got to look at the body of work that led up to that. How we played the game, the resilience, uh, the, 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 the never die mentality. And, and even after we got knocked down out of the first Super Bowl, the second Super Bowl, we kept coming back. Yeah, uh, We were determined, determined uh, to, to, to keep fighting, the, the will and the drive to keep winning and, and to strive to, to accomplish that goal, the work ethic, uh, the determination, the commitment, the sacrifice, the tears. Um, and, and, and that's what uh, really makes me feel good inside about this collection of men doing it in the city Buffalo. Um, yeah. That's what makes me so proud uh, to have spent 15 years of my career uh, in a town like that. Yeah, listen, I, I always say that it's mentally the toughest thing I've ever seen a team do. And I always loved Marv's line to you guys. He said, listen, when they ask you about the ones we lost before, just say, I don't know anything about that. We're just going to win our first one. You know, you guys, he always kept right. you guys moving forward. But one of my all-time favorite post-Super Bowl quotes came from a guy that really helped you get in shape young, and that was Daryl Talley. I remember this as clear as day. We're in Atlanta and the downstairs at the Georgia Dome, post-game, the podiums are set up everywhere. And I was standing next to a reporter who asked this question to Daryl Talley. And the question was simply, what's it like to come here four straight years and lose all four? And Daryl had the most honest answer I've ever heard anywhere. He stared at the reporter and said, well, it's a bitch if you must know. <laughs> right. Well, Daryl is very candid. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was the greatest answer of all time. Like, what do you want me to say? It's it's unicorns and rainbows. No, it sucks, man. I just I, I, I love that he was just he was not entertaining anything but being authentic at that moment. Yeah. He he keeps it real. And yeah. uh yeah, it it, it it certainly sucked. Um uh as a result of that, I, I gotta tell you what we did for that city. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, when I first got there, the reason I was drafted number one is because we were two and 14. Yeah. My first year after I was drafted, we were two and 14. And the next year we were four and 12. Next year we were eight and seven. So I saw the, 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 the transformation and, 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 the energy that was growing and the momentum that was growing, uh, going from 20,000 fans in the stands and probably a third of them had bags over their heads because we were, the team was not performing uh, and nor did they have the talent to perform at that point in time. So I saw the progression. And then when we got all of those pieces together, I, I got to tell you, it man, it just felt so good to walk out on the field with such confidence and, and say to ourselves, nobody can beat us. Yeah. No, well, that- nobody can beat us with this collection of guys that we have and this talent and this head coach and this general manager and Bill Polian. Um, we, we, we just, uh, this was the perfect moment. For all of us to, to to just sit back and and I, I wish we could have paused time yeah just to, to to be able to to enjoy it and the moment and so forth but we were so busy trying to get better and 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 trying to do special things and and make the city of buffalo proud of us um you know as we reflect back on it now uh, it, it certainly puts a smile on our faces, and and the, and the fans uh, always reminds us that uh, you know they're they're you know what you you guys were the best, and thank you so much. I mean that, that those are the words that that come out of their mouths, and we love you. Yeah. Uh, and it just it just melts my heart every time. I connect with one of these fans and, um, you know, I try and show them the same love that they give me. And, um, it, it just makes me feel so good and warm inside. Well, listen, you gave them so many great memories and we're, I think we're on the cusp of the next great golden age of Bill's football. Why don't yeah. we take our second break here with Bruce Smith and we come back, we'll talk about expectations for these bills now, which are doing things that hadn't been happening in Buffalo since you guys played back after this. Let's be honest, it's been a crazy NFL season. And if you want to get in on the action with a little wager or two, you need to know the trends before you do that. So let's get you caught up with Trace Trends, presented by Caesar Sportsbook. We made it. We are halfway through the NFL's regular season. And what do we know? We know that three teams have separated themselves from the rest of the NFL. Look, despite that weird loss to the Jets on Sunday, Buffalo remains the overall favorite to win it all when it's all said and done at plus 270. But right behind them are the 8-0 Philadelphia Eagles 
at plus 500, and then there's Kansas City just behind them at plus 550. They're the only three teams with odds lower than plus 1,200 at this point to win it all when it's all said and done. And not surprisingly, the quarterbacks of these three teams are the top three favorites to win the MVP, but it is razor thin at this point. To begin the week, Josh Allen was plus 225 to win the MVP, followed by Patrick Mahomes at plus 240, and then Jalen Hurts right behind him at plus 250. Hurts began the year at plus 2,500 to win the MVP, the same odds that the Eagles had to win the Super Bowl. And these three teams are the biggest favorites going into week 10. Philly's minus 10.5 for their Monday night game against Washington. KC's laying 9.5 at home against Jacksonville. And Buffalo is a 7.5 point favorite as they welcome in 7-1 Minnesota to Orchard Park. Ready to place your bets? It's real simple. Download the Caesar Sportsbook app to get in on the action. Must be 21 or over, 19 or over in the tariff. Must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, Utah, and other states where we're Know when does it stop before you start? Gambling problems? Well, in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 Gambler. That's 1 800 426 2537. Or Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. West Virginia, visit 1 800 Gambler.net. Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas. Affiliated with Kansas Cross Casino. Call 1 800 522 4700. Indiana, call 1 800 9 with it. Iowa, call 1 800 Bets Off. Louisiana, call 1 877 770 STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harrison Orleans. Michigan, call 1 800 270 In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY. Ontario, visit connectsontario.ca or call 1-866-531-2600 or text connect to 2472-47. Tennessee, call or text TN Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Time now for the answer to our Mercedes-Benz trivia question. We wanted to know how Time now for more of our Half Forgotten History episode with the Hall of Famer, Bruce Smith. All right, back on Half Forgotten History with Hall of Famer Bruce Smith. Again, you guys, those four Super Bowls, the best era of Buffalo football ever. But it feels like the next era is here. How excited are you about the things that the front office and Sean McDermott have done back-to-back AFC East championships, uh, been so close in the playoffs the last two years against the Chiefs? You guys are the prohibitive favorites this year in Buffalo to win it all. Does it, does it feel like the 90s again? feels good. It really feels good. Um, uh, I don't want to compare it to the 90s uh, because I think that that would uh, be be a wrong comparison. Um, But I think this this team, uh, I'm trying to characterize it right because Josh Allen, what, what a player. Yeah. I mean, he he has the perfect uh, build for this team, this quarterback, his athleticism, his arm strength, uh, his knowledge of the game. Um, couple that with with uh, Sean McDermott uh, owners. Uh, that that are giving these guys all the tools that they need to win. Um, We are building a solid foundation that should be sustainable uh, for a number of years. Uh, But 
every team has a window. Yeah. We got to make it count. Uh, last year was uh, uh, 13 seconds. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, and and uh, that was one of our, that, that was part of our window. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's unfortunate that it ended that way. Uh, but fast forward to 2022. This has to be our year. Uh, I, I figure we have about a three or four year window uh, of making a, a run uh, similar to the run that, that we made uh, in the 90s. Uh, and barring injury um, uh, to any one of our uh, uh, key players, um, uh, I think we will successfully uh, complete a, a, a run that will be for the ages. Uh, but we got to keep, we got to keep these guys healthy. Uh, that's number one. Um, obviously Sean has done an outstanding job of, of bringing guys to the team that buy into the system. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that fit in, uh, to the program. We, we had to get rid of some guys this past off season. Um, but I think the, the ones that they've replaced them with and the moves that we've made, uh, I think are obviously going to make us a favorite. Now, having said that, there are some other teams yeah. in the AFC it's loaded. that have loaded their teams as well. Uh, Joe Barrow is no joke. Nope. I have a feeling uh, that we are going to be in for the best AFC football than we've seen in a long, long time with oh, these young yeah. Josh Allen, yeah. Mahomes, yep. Burrow, Herbert. Um, it's a blast. The guys, Raiders. I, I am so looking forward uh, to this season and seeing this high-level competition uh, between this class of quarterbacks. And we're not even talking about the NFC yet. No. But – with, with this AFC uh, group of young guns, uh, we're in for quite a treat this year. What would it mean for you, Andre, Biscuit, uh, Tally, Thurman, Tasker? What would it mean to those guys that came so close if these guys were able to finish it off and bring that Lombardi to Buffalo? How, how much of a part of it would you guys feel? You see the smile on my face? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I would be so overwhelmed with joy um, yeah. uh, for a number of different reasons. Um, obviously, it's 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 our team. Um, obviously, for the city of Buffalo, uh, but for for Josh and Diggs and Edmonds uh, and Tre'Davious and, and 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 so many of the other guys that that. Uh, uh, this is why you play the game to have an opportunity to walk away, uh, with a championship. Uh, so I, I, I would be the first one with the, <laughs> with the bullhorn and, and popping the champagne and just, just, just having a blast, uh, with the fans as well as, um, uh, uh, the team and, uh, I got to tell you, I, I can't think of a better person uh, to, to to lead these guys uh, than than Sean McDermott, 
and, and get them to their promised land. All right. Uh, just a couple uh, minutes left. Let's do some rapid fire stuff. 200 sacks. You're the only guy to be there. Still hold the all-time record. There's not an active player, by the way, that's within 75 sacks of your record. Not one. Is there a player that you see playing today that you think has a chance to get to 200? It, it's going to be very difficult to, yeah. to, to be able to sustain that. Just say level. hell no. Just say it, Bruce. Hell no. Ain't nobody touching my 200. I'll let you say it. But, <laughs> but, but, but keep in mind now, uh, everyone talks about the 200. Yeah. They don't talk about the fact that I'm the uh, all-time leading tackler. Yep. Amongst defensive linemen, correct in the history of the game. Yeah. Uh, so y- you want to talk about balance? Uh, being that guy that, that that rushes the pass rusher, but in this era of football that, that we played in, you couldn't get to rush the pass unless you stopped the run. Correct. Now it's just straight to the quarterback. So so you you you. It, it was about balance and and being that dominant player. Uh, all around and not just, you know, you know, a, a third down guy. Specialist. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. There you go. Uh, um, I always like these things because sometimes the answers are really weird. Was there a guy that wasn't like a great player, but always gave you trouble on the offensive line? Was there a guy that just for whatever reason, really you, you, you couldn't figure out and it might be a surprising name? You know, what? There, there was a, couple of guys that were smaller offensive tackles um the ones that were real real athletic zimmerman oh all decade 80s and the 90s only guy all decade 80s and the 90s gary zimmerman Uh, gary zimmerman um um will wolford oh yeah great kansas city chief and yeah well you guys yeah played um uh played with I was thinking of Will Shields. Played with us. And when he left and he went to Indy, he knew all of my moves. So, I mean, he pitched shutouts against me (laughs) uh, when I was playing against him. And so, uh, you know, it was always the smaller guys. Uh, the, the, The bigger guys, I could always find a way to get them off balance or, 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 uh, uh, they sometimes would be laid off the ball, but but the guys that uh, there were some that 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 played in front of a left-handed quarterback. Yeah. Obviously, so I'm not coming from the blind side, uh, so I'm at a disadvantage uh, that that uh, sometimes uh, gave me uh, gave me some problems as well. Was there a guy that was really good and you just worked him every time? Like every time you saw the schedule, like I'm going to have a day. Uh, I, I can't, I, I really can't. You're too that. humble, man. No, 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 no. I, I always liked the matchups. Yeah. I, I really, I, I thrived in, in, in matchups. And again, there, man, there were, there were guys that like Richmond Webb. Yeah. What an athlete. Oh my God. Uh, the Dolphins. He was, he was an all decade team. Bruce, Bruce Armstrong, uh, was a, a great left tackle. Uh, and I already mentioned, um, uh, Will Wolford. Yeah. Uh, but, but there are just so many, but the, the guys that, that are considered the, the best to ever play the game, uh, and this is my opinion, 
always protected the blind side of the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, because that's where the most vulnerable play could occur. Uh, Deacon Jones once told me that. And as I, I as I got uh, my football IQ got higher and higher and I understood the game more and more and more. Uh, and I had conversations with Deacon Jones and some of the other uh, uh, legendary Hall of Famers. Uh, they would reinforce um, the, the critical positions that teams would have to fill to make sure they were successful on offense to protect themselves against guys like myself. Yeah. And last question. Is there a guy you watch today that plays and you say to yourself, that looks a little like number 78 back in the day? <laughs> well, there, there, there's been a few guys. Uh, I, I, I love the way Von Miller plays. Yeah. Uh, JJ had a, a, a great run, uh, a yeah. great heck of a run. Um, um, Aaron Donald. Um, I mean, what, uh, what, dude, what, that's a dude right there. That is yeah, a dude. Uh, yeah. Playing a three technique. Yeah. Um, inside double, double in, and triple team almost all the time inside. Um, so, you know, I've got nothing but, but respect for, uh, what he's done over the course of his, I think seven, seven, eight years, um, eight years, eight, eight, eight years. I tune in specifically the watch guys get to the quarterback. Yeah. So the Aaron Donalds, the Von Millers, the Khalil Mack, the, uh, uh, when JJ was playing uh, at his best. Uh, and, and there's a few other guys that, that are, are outstanding, but that that's what I really hone in on uh, when I check out a game and I, I get my remote and I run it back and I run it back. And I say, huh. Yeah, I used to use those hand swipes uh, <laughs> or whatever it happens to be. But, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of fun, man. It's, it's entertainment, and uh, we all need a little entertainment in our lives right now. Boy, you ain't kidding. And I remember when you signed that offer sheet with Denver, it was $7.5 million, made you the highest-played defensive player. Woo, yeah. what you would make today, my friend. <laughs> what you would have made today in the NFL. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd be making some quarterback money. That's, there that's you for make. sure. That's for damn sure you would. Well, listen, uh, it's always been fun to catch up with you. One of the great things about sort of, you know, the game of golf is I, I have played golf with you like 10 times at 10 different places. And that's how these friendships sort of develop over time. Right. And we get to talk about all this stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for our friendship and uh, I'm working on my game always. And uh, hopefully I'll see you on the course somewhere real soon. And maybe just maybe, Bruce, this is the year for Buffalo. We, we appreciate you being with us. Well, thanks a lot, Trey, and I am much better at golf now. So thanks again to Bruce Smith for joining us. Always great to catch up with a legend of the game. And maybe, just maybe this year, he'll be a part of something very special in Buffalo that'll end up with a Super Bowl ring. And I know he'll feel a big part of that team, even though he won't be on the field. Coming up next week, another sack specialist is our guest. A guy who had some issues early. Uh, caused him to go to a different school than he thought he was going to, but found his way to still record over 130 sacks in the NFL. I'm talking about, of course, Jared Allen. We'll see you next week on Half Forgotten History.